everyone. Welcome to HubShot's episode 281. In this episode, we talk about HubSpot call to actions and the best practices for implementing them. So we're going to talk about what HubSpot CTAs are, the four main benefits of a HubSpot call to action, where to use them, the types of CTAs. So we talk about smart, simple, multivariate, and examples of CTAs, and how to report, plus much, much more. You're listening to the world's number one HubSpot-focused podcast, where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, and strategies for growing your marketing, sales, service, and now operations results. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is Craig Belly from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Really well, Ian. And who knew we could do a whole episode on CTAs, and not only that, it turned into a monster episode. I thought, based on our previous episodes, which were quite long, Longer than usual, I thought the CTA one would be a nice, quick, simple one, you know, 10, 15 minutes. It's turned into another monster. There's so much to go through and there's so many really useful features in HubSpot CTAs. It's, it's going to be a very interesting episode. Now, listeners, when you are listening, there will be a version on YouTube where you can go and see all of the screenshots and everything that we put in place so you can get some real life examples of how to do this stuff. Plus also you should be subscribing to the show notes so you can get straight into your email and all the screenshots will be there as well. So Craig, let's start with what is a call to action? I'm going to say for simplicity, HubSpot CTAs are centrally managed buttons. Okay. So if you don't know what they are, that's just what I want you to think about them. They're just buttons that you use on your website or in an email, but you manage them centrally in HubSpot. Now, of course, it's more complex than that. And yes, I know you can have images and their links and uh, things like that. We'll get to that. But that's what I just want you to think about, centrally managed buttons. But maybe we should take a step back and think, what's a call to action? That's right. This is what Wikipedia has to say. A call to action is a marking term for any design to prompt an immediate response or encourage an immediate sale. A CTA most often refers to the use of words or phrases that can be incorporated into sales scripts, advertising messages, web pages, which compel an audience to an act in a specific way. And further to this, in marketing, a call to action is an instruction to the audience designed to provoke an immediate response, usually using an imperative verb such as call now, find out more, or visit us at the store today. Thanks, Wikipedia, for that. Can you see why I my definition, centrally managed button, is much easier, Ian? That's right. You got a Wikipedia. I don't know if, I'm, if I've learned anything or I've got more questions than uh, I came with. So a call to action really is a call, i.e. a request for you to take some kind of action. That's all it is. But in HubSpot terms, it's normally a button. Okay, yes, it's a link or an image, sure. But just think of it as a button you use in your HubSpot content to drive an action. And look, ideally that is ends up in some kind of sales transaction, but really it's just a button to get them to take the next step. And one of the things that you should think about when you think about CTAs, I think this is useful and it's it's kind of like you're actually doing your audience a favor because how many times have you been on a website, you're reading the page, you're like, oh, that's great. Okay, so what do I do next? You know, I don't have time to think. You just tell me what to do next. Well, that's what a call to action is or a button or a link to do. You're just telling them what to do next. You're actually doing them a favor. That's why you should have a call to action. But then why use a HubSpot call to action? 
And so we're going to chat, obviously, the point of this show is what is a HubSpot CTA and why, why you should use them. But I've just said they're centrally managed buttons. Let me just ask these kind of questions, though. Have you ever had a button that you've put on multiple pages, but then you've kind of changed your mind and said, oh, look, I'd really like to change the wording. I want to tweak the wording on that button. And in fact, now I've got to do it on all the pages. Well, if the answer is yes, then HubSpot CTA is your friend. Or what about an email sequence? We all write these beautiful nurture email series and then the boss comes along and says, oh, look, I'd really prefer a different button at the bottom. Can you change that? Uh, Got to do in every single email? No. What's if you just did it in one place, in one central place and it rolled out everywhere? Yep. HubSpot CTAs are your friend. They do that. What's if you wanted to test two versions? Yes. Instead of having an email where you create an AB version of the email and change the button at the end on one and think, what, what's if the CTA button could do that for you? Yep. If that's of interest, then CTA is your friend. And then what's at the end when your boss comes along and says, well, hang on, which one worked better? What were the results? I know you chose uh, a different wording. Was it better or not? Uh, what's if you had reporting? Well, if, if that's of interest to you, then CTAs are your friend. Because HubSpot CTAs enable all of this and more. And that's what I want to get through listeners' minds if you haven't actually used CTAs, which by the way, Ian, most portals haven't. How many HubSpot portals have you been in? You go into CTAs and they've got one or two example ones that were there from when the portal was <laughs> first set up and they've never used any more. Or they've purchased a theme from the app marketplace, which has brought in some default CTAs and that's all that are ever used. Very common for me, probably for you. Well, they're underused. So this whole episode is about, I guess, sharing the benefits of CTAs. We're going to give you a whole bunch of examples. We're going to walk you through where to use them, when you can use them, all the features you should use, plus some pro tips from us because we've been using them for years. So let's find out the four main benefits of using CTAs. So that the first one is the central management. That's a big thing. Centrally managed in HubSpot and can be used across multiple locations. So on pages, emails, landing pages, etc. So a great place and a great way to centrally manage those assets. And here's a pro tip for that is naming conventions help enormously when you start managing lots of CTAs and giving them easy to understand internal names so you can easily find them. This is a real key because, Craig, I'm sure you have also discovered that in portals, if you don't name things correctly, finding them is very hard. And applies to so many things, doesn't it? It's not just CTAs, it's lists, it's forms, it's pages, of course. We've talked about this before, naming conventions being so important. CTAs are no different because if you are using them well, you will end up having hundreds of CTAs in your HubSpot portal. So it's very frustrating if you're trying to work out. If, you've, if all you've done is name them, learn more, read more, uh, you'll never find the right one. So you've got to name them. The next one is so benefit number two is A-B testing. So HubSpot CTAs support A-B testing and actually multivariate testing where you can test up to 50 variations of a single CTA. So you could test 50 different color variations if you wanted or 50 different variations of wording. But again, with this, you actually need to have enough traffic, right? So with these tests, you need to make sure you've got enough traffic because the test will keep running as long as there is a statistical significance for it to find a winner. So just be aware of that when testing different CTAs. You know what? I'd love to know if anyone has hit the limit there and has, a, has 50 variations. <laughs> 
That's on right. the CTA. I'd have to have a lot of traffic to be testing that. The next one is benefit number three is tailoring your content on the CTAs. So smart CTAs allow you to tailor your content. Example, the words on the button based on the viewer's details, if they're a customer versus a prospect or if they're a lead, for example. And I guess this is kind of a carry on if we think about a pop-up forms that we were talking about in an earlier episode where you use the list based on behavior of which pop-up to show. So it's kind of doing the same thing here based on a smart list where kind of show which CTAs need to show up in these locations. So that's a really valuable thing. Now, the fourth one is CTA reporting. And so HubSpot's here is have simple reporting on how many views, clicks, even submissions. You can see that it's in the dropdown. It's a little bit hidden. And you can see that broken down and understand what CTAs are working versus the click rate and the submission rate and the number of views it gets. So it's really some interesting stats. And you'll see there are examples in the show of this. All right. Where do you use the CTAs, Craig? It's a good question and often misunderstood because people think CTAs are only used on landing pages. You can use them on landing pages, but you can use them on all pages. You can use them on website pages. You can use them on blog posts. Bit of a caveat on that in a second. You can use them in emails. I don't think people realize you can use CTAs in emails. And also you can actually use them on non-HubSpot sites because when you create a CTA in HubSpot, we'll show you this a little bit later in the show, you can get an embed code. So if you've got a WordPress site or a Shopify site and you want to just place that HubSpot CTA, it might be a button, could be an image, a banner that gets clicked, that's a HubSpot CTA. If you want to embed that on another site, you can. So there's kind of the four different locations. I'm going to say that they're ideally suited for web pages and landing pages in HubSpot. And just just some thoughts around this. You could put them in header. So global headers and footers, you could put a CTA in there and it's used throughout the site. You can uh, add them very simply to content in the page as well. So you can actually add them just as a module if you've got the drag and drop builder. You can also, if you've got a a rich text editor, you can just insert calls to action into content. I did want to make a comment around blog posts. Theoretically, you can actually insert them into blog post content. We don't tend to do that because blog content often gets syndicated out, maybe in RSS readers. And if those readers don't support the rendering, then the CTA might uh, not show. It tends to strip out styling and stuff like that. So we don't tend to use CTAs within the blog post content, but we do use them around blog posts. So in the template side, you know, on the sidebar of a, a blog post, we'll often show them there. And emails, yeah, similar drag and drop builder experience. So yeah, we've got some screenshots which show how you can get the embed code and things like that if you want to use it on other sites and the code it gives you and things like that. But that's it very quickly. Pages, blog posts, emails, and externally on other sites. All right. Now moving on to the types of HubSpot CTAs that are available. So there are three main types, simple, smart, or multivariate. And really, most people start off with simple CTAs, so just using that single CTA. The next one that people often will use is multivariate. So they might say, oh, I want to change the button color. I want to test a different version of text on that button. And that would be under a multivariate CTA. By the way, I think it's worth explaining because people say, oh, how do I create a multivariate CTA? 
Well, actually, you just create a simple CTA and then you add a variation and then it becomes actually a multivariate CTA. And the same with um, the next one that we're going to talk about as well, smart CTAs. Exactly. And so like we said before, 50 different variations and testing things like wording, styling, and different images if you're using the image option for a CTA. And you can see we've got an example of the HubShots coaching CTA in there where we test different wording. Now, smart CTAs, again, same way you create it as usual, but you want to create what it does. It's creating rules based on list membership. So again, here you can have different rules. There is a default rule. So there is always a default one. And then there are rules based on the different lists and contact properties. So this is where you want to probably, if you are thinking, I need to learn how to do this, you need to dive back into episode 280 where we go through all our particulars about lists and then come back to creating smart CTAs. Because if you can get your list segmentation right, it makes your HubSpot smart CTAs so much easier to utilize in the form of using them on emails, landing pages, and so on. You know, I really like back in 280, I think you said, Ian, your description of lists uh, were building blocks. And that's so right. They're, they're fundamental to everything. And as we said, lists are your friends. They're just the building blocks you use throughout HubSpot and other parts. You use lists in reports. You use lists in workflows. You use lists in smart CTAs. You know, you use them everywhere. So got to get across lists and just use them. All right. Now we're going to move on to some examples. Now that we know everything about the kind of CTAs we can use. And we're going to talk through some real world cases and then follow on about the specifics about how to do some of these actually, things. Actually, can I, can I jump in? You know, one thing we're not going to do in this show is actually guide you through the steps to create a CTA, you know, fill in this field, all that. We're not going to do that because one, it's been done by, you know, there's great knowledge-based articles on it and I think you can work that out. I don't think people need a lot of help with that. But at the end of the show, we do link to HubSpot Academy, which actually walks you through the basics if, you, if you're if you really new to HubSpot. We're just going to really, we've focused on the benefits and now some of the real world examples. I think this is the thing that people really need to see and appreciate. They really need to understand, ah, oh, this is what I can do and this is the benefit. And then once they're motivated with that, they understand why it's useful. That's when they go, oh yeah, I'll, I'll create one and start working on it. So yeah, you've got some really good examples here, Ian. All right, so I'm going to talk through some examples, Craig. And first example is using it in a marketing email. And the example we get is we actually use two CTAs in here, one to get a meeting booking and the second one to get a callback. So the CTA essentially, first one links to the meeting request. The second CTA links to a thank you page which says, thanks, I'll call you back. And what it does is it goes into a list, kicks off a workflow and then the workflow sends an internal notification email to the salesperson and sends them an SMS, an internal SMS to notify them that this person's requested a callback with the details of the person inside the SMS so they can call them back immediately. The next one is also used in a marketing email. So here, one of our customers wanted to actually get an indication because they were having a, they're a builder and they were showing some new houses, they wanted to get an indication of uh, people that would attend an event. So we essentially created three CTAs and we said, yes, I'll attend with my partner. Yes, I'll attend by myself or no, I'm unable to attend. So just by that, we were able to get an understanding of 
the kind of numbers we were expecting, but also who to follow up if they have said they're going to attend, either by themselves or with their partner. A really great way to A, not make it hard for people because we already know who they are. So by people clicking a CTA, they've just made an indication and they didn't have to do any further work. And then also made follow-up really nice and easy based on those lists that were created off clicking the CTAs. And what was the experience they got when they clicked that? They were taken to a thank you page. I guess the benefit there is you can on the thank you page have further information that's useful to them. Correct. So if they said they were attending, they went to a thank you page that said, kind of gave the event details and to look out for a confirmation. If they were unable to attend, we sent them to another thank you page that said, oh, we're so sorry that you are unable to attend and basically wish them well. That was it. <laughs> All right. The next one is using a smart CTA to only show particular things, offers to clients and prospects. You can do this on an email or on your website. The next one that we're going to talk about is using a simple CTA on a site to recommend next steps. So in my screenshot here, it's a product that people buy, cleaning machines, and we have some really clear call to actions where we can request a demo, you can request a quote, or you can book a service. So it's kind of catering for people who've got the machine or who have these machines versus people who want to get a quote to buy the machine. And that's made a huge difference in the conversion and the inquiry rate on this page. All right, the next one I'm going to talk about is in relation to multivariate CTAs in the navigation and testing the wording to drive better click-throughs. So in the screenshot that you will see, one of the things we ask in here is we said, do you, uh, a button that says want a quote question mark. The other one that we tested for a little while said request a quote. Once we tested that and we found the winner, we actually put in a third one, which says get a quote and that's running at the minute. But you'll see there are different numbers in terms of views, click rates, clicks, and even the submission rate. So that's actually really fascinating. Just looking at the click rate versus the submission rate. And so these are some of the things you need to look at and make a choice about what do you think is working better over time versus not working? A great way to find things that are resonating with people that visit your site. I really like this test and also it highlights this whole test and measure approach, which you know we've talked about many times on the show, Ian. But the thing about it is you've always got to test in your circumstances because we've got to be wary of those marketing blogs that kind of give results of their specific circumstance and present it as generic findings. So for example, your one here, you've tested three versions, want a quote, request a quote and get a quote. Now in your particular case, it looks like want a quote is getting a better submission rate, but get a quote is getting a better click rate. Now you could, if you're a bit disingenuous, go off and write a whole blog post about the best converting words to use when you want someone to get a quote, right? But the whole point is, and I've read tons of those blogs, I thought, oh yeah, that's oh yeah, that's what I've got to do. Actually, no, you've just got to take the idea and test it in your own circumstance. So someone uh, listening to this, you might do this exact same test on your own website and find the results are co- the complete opposite. But this is the beauty of having HubSpot CTAs because you can actually test and measure 
in your own instance to see what's working out best. And the other thing I really like that you've compared is it's not only the click rate, but it's a submission rate as well. Because what do you want? More clicks or do you want more submissions? Well, probably more submissions. But often uh, studies stop at the click rate and they don't actually go the next step on the journey. So I think that's a, it's almost a little case study there in itself. And I think you rightly highlighted, Craig, is that in this particular seat here, our goal is to get a, get people to get a quote, right? So submission rate is actually one of the key things we're looking at, along with the click rate, right? Now, if this was earlier in the piece and suggesting that people were further up the chain and they were looking at other things and then they were clicking through maybe from reading a blog post or reading a, a product page that generally talked about machines that do cleaning and then clicking onto a particular product, I might just be interested in the click rate. So I just want to make sure that if it's a general page, I want people to click through to a particular product category or a particular product. And at that stage, I might just care about the click rate and not the submission because I want them to take the next step. That's actually a really good point. If it's more of a navigational CTA, then click rate is the main thing. And in fact, submission rate would probably be zero for more of a navigation-based CTA. Exactly. So well worth understanding and testing. As we say, test and measure, Craig. Test and measure. All right. The next one is using smart CTAs in a blog sidebar to show regular readers a different offer. And the screenshot here shows that if you visit hubshots.com, we have a CTA for HubSpot coaching. Yeah, that one's actually multivariate. We've got two examples for blog posts. One is, yeah, smart CTA. We don't actually have a screenshot. And the second is a multivariate CTA, testing wording. So it depends what you're testing. Testing the wording or are you testing the experience? All right. And the next one, which Craig rightly highlighted to me, is using a really simple CTA for a download button on a thank you page. And this is actually very handy to know if people are actually downloading an asset after signing up. As Craig says in his show notes, uh, you may be shocked how few people actually download the ebook that they sign up for. And using this CTA will actually help you understand if that has actually happened. So well worth the effort if you're doing this to replace it with a CTA to understand the effect of your download. And finally, using a multivariate test on a CTA for an offer. So in the example, it's a visual offer. So it's an image CTA and you can see which CTA variations are working. And so in the past, we've done this with lots of different things. We've even changed in the screenshot, I can see... The offer's been placed differently on the image. Even things like having the same image with more attractive colors can get a totally different result. And we saw this with one of our customers, Craig, who had a bit of a purpley background on a CTA and changed it to like a really neon green that stood out. And the the differences was massive. It was the same thing with a Different background color. And I was I was amazed and shocked at the result. Do you reckon people are trying to turn it off? It's like, what's that bright green? It's hurting my eyes. <laughs> They're clicking it. Get rid of it. And what do you know? Click rate was higher. But yeah, I think that's a really good point because here and in the screenshot, this is from um, one of our sites, you can see that just the change in the design of this banner image, it's almost a, a two times click rate difference. There's, there's twice as many uh, clicks in one of the versions. So just worth testing. Oh, by the way, actually, there's a good example of one that doesn't have submissions. 
in this case, because it goes off actually to an um, e-commerce site, so it's actually not a submission as such to a form. But well worth the test, Craig, because if you just have a look, you have just doubled the people going through to the purchase. All right. Listeners, we hope you enjoyed all of those examples and we'd love to hear more about examples of ways you view CTAs as we always love to hear from you guys. So please message us, reply to the email and let us know. We'd love to hear from you. All right, so now we're going to go on to CTA styling. Yeah, we're going to dive into some of the details now. So a quick recap of what we've done. So far, we've chatted about, well, HubSpot CTAs, why would you use them? Well, all those benefits that we talked about and then we uh, looked at the different types and you went through a whole bunch of examples. So hopefully, listeners, now you're like, oh, okay, CTAs, HubSpot CTAs, I get it. I can get a, uh, I've got a bit of a, a feel for the power they have and the benefits. I now understand some of the real world examples. Okay, let's dive into some of the more technical questions. The first is around CTA styling because what control do you actually have over how it appears? Quite often people just want a link in their content. They actually just want it to look like text. Can you do that? Yeah, you can. Just put it in a straight uh, HTML, don't have to have any styling. But then the second thing that a lot of people want is they want it to look like a button. And in fact, they want it it to look like all the other buttons on their website, not some glaringly different thing. Yep, you can do that, a custom button. And then third is an image. So yeah, you've got this kind of, we'll call it three types of styling. You've got this link, just kind of raw, unstyled view. You've got a button styling and then you've got image styling. So that's pretty easy to get in place. When it comes to the button styling, this is really where you're going to use custom CSS. It might You might need to chat with your developer, get a sense of this. But I just want to kind of mess with people's minds in a way because we say... You use CTAs to centralize management of the CTA words, sure. But then you can centralize the styling in a style sheet. So talk to your developer. What's the styling that we use on all our buttons? Great. So you centrally manage that in CSS. So again, here's the benefit. You can have a CTA. You create it once, manage it centrally in HubSpot. It's on tons of pages. And then if you want to change the words, great. Just change it one place in the CTA. If you want to change the styling, great. That's a little style sheet tweak. Very easy to manage. So it saves on management. There's so much management and efficiency that you get here with using CTAs. By the way, I'm going to go on a bit of a, um, a little sidetrack down a little rabbit hole. And I've been thinking lately around, if you read the news, how we're going into a recession and all that. I'm not going to you know, really talk about that. But people's view is, whether it's real or not, the extent that it's going to happen doesn't really matter because people's perception, perception is reality, as we say, in. But why am I mentioning this? Because people are thinking about, well, what do I need to do? I need to cut back on unnecessary expenses. I need to reduce waste. I need to be more efficient. Yeah, you do. And this is why we're actually talking with our clients now about how can you make yourself more efficient with HubSpot? And I think CTAs is one of the key ways you can. Centralize just something like managing all the buttons that go across your uh, website. You're going to save yourself hours of management. Plus, and here's the second thing, you'll be able to see what's working because this is the second thing that happens in times like this. You want to be more efficient, but you want to be more effective. So we often talk about that efficiency versus effectiveness. It's actually automation versus uh, attribution. 
they're not actually verses, they're and, they're complements. So you should be looking, how can we automate things and reduce management overhead of simple things that we're testing on the website? And then how can we check attribution to see what's working? Get those things in place and uh, you'll, have, you'll have saved yourself time and money right there. All right, next thing. Okay, that's the end of that rabbit hole that I went down, Ian. Let's get on to CTA destinations. So now we're going to talk about when you click a call to action, where can you uh, send people, right? So here are some of the things, and I'm just going to tell you what's available in HubSpot. You can send them to an external website URL. You can send them to a HubSpot blog or landing page. You can send them to a meeting link. You can send them to a file. You can send them to an email address and you can send them to a phone number. And some of these are new, but definitely fantastic, especially the phone number one. If you want to put it in your header and you want to track who's clicking it and how many clicks there are, it's a great way to do that. Have you done that, uh, uh, tested that yes. at all? Yeah. And I how have. do you find it? Is it working well? I quite like it. So one of the other things we do, Craig, or we have done, and this is another customer example, is that if we don't know who the person is, we have a generic number. But if it's a customer, we change it in the call to action to a smart CTA and show a different number. Nice. And what, do they get a different experience? Or Correct. Like so it goes to a different team. To premium support, yeah. Correct. That's really cool. The one I was going to ask you about is meeting links because I noticed you had that in an earlier example. Yes. Does the meeting link go off to the HubSpot host branded URL or is it actually going to a page where you've got the meeting embed? No. So, you know, you can select the meeting link so it doesn't look like it's on a HubSpot. On, it's not on the HubSpot domain, but it's on your own configured domain. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. But but it still is that HubSpot um, It is linking layout. straight to the HubSpot. Yeah. Yes, correct. It As is. As opposed to your own website styling. Yeah, so you're using those meeting links? Correct. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah, I've wondered about that. We don't, we don't do a lot of that. We've, we'd normally have our meeting embedded in one of our website pages and then we link through to that. So we're effectively actually pointing to a HubSpot page in that case, not a meeting link. Yeah, so we just do that. We do that quite often for salespeople especially because it works really well. I've got to do more of this because, Ian, I think one of the things I have is I've got to adapt more. Actually, I was chatting with my coach about this because I I work with a business coach and he was saying um, done is better than perfect and I just got to do some of these things rather than, oh, I've got to get it onto a nice page so it looks just right. And it's like, no, you just got to get it out there. People don't care what it looks like. They just want to book time with you. Look after your your, um, customer rather than uh, worrying too much about being perfect. I mean, there's, we've got to have quality standards, but you know, Correct. just get stuff done. That's right. So listeners, there it is. Those are the places that you can take people to using a HubSpot CTA. And I would definitely suggest that if you have CTAs in place, which I've gone through today and I found was working on a previous client's account and making some updates that they requested, I realized that some of these options weren't available. So like the meetings weren't available. So I updated, we made sure we updated all of the links to use the meeting, the meeting option and selecting the meet. It made it so much easier because previously, if you were wanting, you'd want to have to copy the meeting link and then you'd have to cut and paste that into the, whereas now you can just go, I want a meeting link and you can select and you can see everybody's meeting link in there and select the one you want and set that in the call to action. All right, moving on to reporting on call to actions, Craig. 
Yeah, now we're getting into the reporting side and there's a couple of ways that you can actually check the results. So the easiest, of course, is just the CTA overview listing and you'll see high-level stats, views, click rates, clicks and submissions. I've got a screenshot in the show notes where you can kind of see some examples there. There's also another column which is called locations. So this is really handy for seeing where that CTA is used. So if you're kind of worried, oh, I know I've created this, I'm not sure where I've used it. Well, this is a very quick way to drill down. So for example, if it's on a sidebar of a blog post, for example, uh, you're probably going to see it appearing in lots of locations. Consort by those columns, uh, that's the, the very handy way to do it. And then you can drill into an actual CTA and then you get a bit more detail. You still get the views, clicks and submissions but you start to see trends. So we've got a nice graph here. Here's an example of a multivariate CTA. Can can you spot where we added some variations? <laughs> it's really nice. You can see we just had a simple CTA and then we added variations and uh, you can see the result of that and also the click results. Drilling further into that, uh, HubSpot will actually say, look, we've picked a winner and you have the option of only showing the winner. Our particular case, we didn't because we felt that it was perhaps skewed by a bit of a, a spike when we were testing. So we kept all three and we just manually review. But then we can actually see, oh, actually there is one clear winner that's getting much higher click rate than the others. Probably over time we will narrow that down and try other variations. Now at the bottom there's also this revenue attribution. In our particular screenshot, I don't think it's particularly actionable because this is more of a navigation based uh, CTA, but this is the thing that's rolling out throughout HubSpot and we're just seeing it everywhere now, this attribution. And that's what people want. They want to know revenue. What's driving revenue? And this is a part of CTAs which I'm not really using, I have to say. I haven't really spent much time looking at it, but I will spend more now. It's this idea that, oh, could it be that the CTAs are directly influencing revenue? Well, in your case, you know, that get a quote one that you were looking at earlier, probably, because it's related to submissions and things like that. So revenue attribution all being pulled in together now in HubSpot. It's getting very, very powerful. And listeners, be aware that revenue attribution is in marketing enterprise. Ah, quite right. Most of what we've talked about so far is available in Pro. Okay. But yeah, there are some features, revenue attribution and also partitioning, which we'll chat about at the end, which are enterprise only. All right, now we're using CTAs in lists, Craig. And this is building lists based on CTA interactions. And this is available in the marketing interactions section when you're creating a list in the list builder. And there's a separate section for call to actions. And there's some interesting things. You can do criteria based on a contact has clicked or viewed a CTA. And even down to the version of the CTA that they have clicked or viewed. So well worth understanding where that is and how to use it effectively. It does get quite detailed. I've actually made a comment in the notes where it's like, I I don't think I've ever built a list based on one variation of a CTA at least. I might have looked at it in the reporting just to check. I'm interested in that, but I, I don't know if I've ever used it in lists. Normally in lists, we're just like, have they clicked? on a CTA uh, because we tend to find that's the most useful. Now, one thing that you have highlighted, Craig, is just not just about the click or the view of the CTA, but actually 
you can do things like in the last seven days and at least three times, for example, which shows a very selective segment. So I think be aware that those are available in terms of how you can really narrow down your list audience and get a better understanding of who they are. So well worth understanding and thinking about this before you go creating things about how am I going to utilize this or where is the best place to use it when I'm thinking about this. One of the benefits of lists, and you've got a screenshot you've put in the show notes here, is lists have this trend where you can see the list size over time. So you, let's say you build a list, an active list that is, based on uh, CTA interactions. As people do those interactions and join this list, you can see the result of that over time. And you've got a really good example that's grown over time. You see the full history. And I think what I like about that, Craig, in that uh, list report is understanding it. And this is just, it shows you for the last 30 days, but you can see, you know, they've been onto the website, they've filled out a form, they've done a few things. These interactions that we understand just gives us a little idea of where those people are coming from and what they're doing. You can actually segment them down by the source. So let's say you had a list based on people clicking a particular button on your website and let's say that was a high value action they were taking, maybe they're going through to a a purchase endpoint, you can then break that down and say, well, where'd they come from? Was it organic? Was it paid social? Where was it? And that, again, is really uh, valuable intel. It's all about attribution. And that leads us on to using CTAs in reports, Craig. All right. Now, a bit of gotcha with reports because people go into the custom report builder and go, oh, how do I choose CTAs? It's not one of the marketing interactions that I can use. No, that's correct. So what you should be doing is, and that's why we've talked about it before this, is lists. Build your lists and then you use the list as one of your filters in the when you're building your custom report. Again, that's why lists are your building blocks. Build your lists, use them throughout the rest of HubSpot in particular. HubSpot custom reports. Okay, and the next way we want to use CTAs are in workflows. And in our example, we have a workflow that's triggered off a list where people have clicked the CTA. In the example I spoke about before, about they wanted a callback. And so it triggers off this workflow, which sees who the salesperson is, and then triggers off an SMS and an Intel email to notify them to call the person back. I think this is so good because, let me just break this down or repeat what you said for listeners. A contact has received an email and you've got a CTA in the email which says, you you click that, uh, that button in the email and it says, call me back. And you've got this workflow that immediately texts the appropriate sales rep with that person's number to call them. So they get it pretty much straight away. It's not like waiting for an email. You do send an internal email notification as well, but they get it as SMS. So you get your phone, someone's requested a callback. Oh, I got that as a text on my phone. I'm on my phone. I'll call them right now because here's the number. It's like there is no excuse, right? (laughs) There's no excuse for calling them. What a great experience for that contact. And I just think about that. If I was the person I clicked that button on their email, oh, yes, please give me a call back. And then a minute later, someone calls me. That's a pretty good experience, right? All enabled by CTAs. All right. And now let's talk about workflow goals, Craig. Yeah, well, goals are part of a workflow for, well, uh, it's something that you want to achieve in the workflow. And you can trigger that on a call to action. So you could actually say the goal of this workflow 
is to for a certain CTA to to be clicked, let's say. So for example, you've got a workflow, maybe it sends a sequence of emails and the whole point of that email is, oh, we actually want someone to request a callback, okay? So it's almost that example you used before. You could use that as a goal. So that's where you can use uh, calls to action in goals. You can also use it in branching and you can also use in, we're talking about workflows, in suppression lists. Again, there's lists. If there's a, a CTA action that you want to suppress people, contacts who have based on that action from actually getting into a workflow, build a list first, use a suppression list, workflow branching. We've actually got a little example here of using workflow branching so you can, you can create a CTA that triggers going into another workflow. So I don't want to get too complex here, but uh, for the nerds that are listening or the geeks, I'm not sure which is better. I think geek you're supposed to be saying, not a nerd. For the geeks, you can actually use CTAs in workflows to trigger other workflows. Uh, So a bit of a rabbit hole to go down there. And now we're going to talk about associating CTAs with HubSpot campaigns. And this is relatively easy where you can select this when you're creating the CTA because there is a campaign section and you just got to select it from the drop down and it'll appear there. The other way is to associate it in the campaign section by adding it as an asset and then searching for the call to action. And again, this comes back to naming things properly because when you're searching and adding it, it'll make it so much easier. All right. Now we're going to just finally touch on permissions and providing access to CTAs. And this is to do with HubSpot partitioning. Yeah, partitioning. What's the word partitioning? Well, it's HubSpot's way of saying assign access to assets. An asset could be a workflow, could be an email, could be a CTA. So this is an enterprise-only feature. And essentially what you're doing is you're back on your CTA listing, you're choosing the CTAs and then you're assigning them to users and or teams. We normally assign them to teams. When we're doing partitioning, we don't. We try and avoid assigning to individual users. We try actually to add people into teams, much easier to manage, and then assign assets to teams. So by the way, um, when it comes to partitioning, if an asset such as a CTA or workflow or an email or a landing page, if it hasn't been assigned to anyone, then by default, it's available to everyone just something to be aware of. Okay, now onto the final bit. When not to use CTAs, HubSpot CTAs, Craig? Yeah, so we've talked about all the features, benefits, given some examples, talked about the power, we're strong users and proponents of them, but that doesn't mean they suit every case. Now, I'm actually surprised because I was looking at HubSpot's own website and I actually couldn't find any CTAs on the main website pages. They use them in landing pages but not on the main site. And I was like, why? What am I missing here? I'm slightly concerned. I actually asked HubSpot support. I raised a ticket and asked them. They said, oh, we don't know. Chat to the developers. They pointed us to the community forum. So I've actually asked it there and we've had some response around performance and I have heard that and you've actually heard that as well, Ian. I think you're saying some performance concerns, but I don't know if that is the case when they're on a HubSpot page. I know if you embed a CTA off, say, on a, on a WordPress site, it can slow things down. But I haven't seen performance problems myself. And we ran you know, our site through GT Metrics and things like that. 
Um, I do know that sometimes clicking a CTA link can be slower to redirect to the page, so I get that. But in actual page load time, I, I'm not so sure that's a huge issue, very minor thing. So I'm actually not sure and I'm, I'm interested for other responses. I've got a link to that. If you have been using CTAs and you've noticed anything, we'd love to hear from you so we can keep everyone informed. Now, I'm going to tell you when not to use a CTA. Oh, well, actually, CTAs don't work with personalization. So you'd probably want to make sure that it's just a standard link. So if you're planning on personalizing it, it's not going to happen. And be careful when using CTAs that link to staging pages. So often when you uh, change your site and you publish your pages from the stage location in HubSpot, it looks after redirects, etc. But just be aware that CTAs don't get updated and that you might want to make sure that that's not happening. So just be aware that that can happen. And just to be aware that when you go live, you make those changes appropriately. All right. Finally, we've got some training recommendations and there is a full HubSpot Academy course on how to create a CTA in HubSpot and a quote for the show, Craig. So there's actually two. The first one's from Nelson Mandela. It says, I never lose. I either win or learn. When I think about CTAs, that's pretty much what it is. Yep, and, and I just really wanted to get a Nelson Mandela quote in there. That's right. <laughs> and the second one that I found, it says, in God we trust, all others must bring data. And this is from W.E. Deming. And I, I found it because I went looking for a quote from Brian Halligan from the book, and I think he had quoted this in, in, in the book. So that's where we found this one. So... I think it's very apt because that's what CTAs give us. It gives us data to make the right choices along the way to helping people click and get through the right places that they need to get through to. Well, listeners, we hope you've enjoyed this action-packed episode of HubSpot Call to Action Best Practices. If you have any comments or feedback, please email us. You can connect with me on LinkedIn, subscribe to the show notes, and Craig will send it to you. Or you can go to our HubShots YouTube channel and watch it there as well and leave comments and we're there interacting with people. Well, Craig, until next time. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there, thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. To get the latest show notes, HubSpot tips and resources, sign up at hubshots.com. You can also book time with us to help you grow better with HubSpot.